my cup. Think of me, I bet I must have seen Kalein and Farbein top. Get me pains of lint. Hey everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm your host, Judy Gold. And this week we have part two of my interview with Mayan Lopez, who's adorable. It is also Hanukkah, Hanukkah, come light the menorah, let's have a party. So I want to wish everyone a happy Hanukkah. Uh, This is our last episode of the year because we take... uh, we take the holidays off, but there's so many episodes you can listen to. I've been doing this since 2015, and there's some amazing people. Dick Cavett. Oh, Roberta Kaplan. I love her. She she um, was the lawyer in the who argued the defensive uh, oh the the marriage equality case in front of the Supreme Court. Oh my God, I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna go through the list and. Um, start telling you what what to listen to but you know if you're with family or driving to be with family and you're stuck in traffic what's more entertaining than hearing my annoying voice uh also wanted to let you know that i was in florida last week i did the chosen comedy festival in miami and then i was at the boca black box and boca It was quite the show for the Chosen Festival in Miami because a lot of right-wing Jews. And I did a joke. I was doing a joke about um, Jews and guns, which is basically a Jewish joke. But the minute I said guns, they all started booing at me because they all have guns. They didn't even listen to the joke. They didn't even listen to the joke. They just heard a word. That triggered them, and they turned on me. And I, of course, had to yell at them, but it's just really, really upsetting, you know, that people can't listen. They can't, they just react, and it's getting worse and worse. Boca, by the way, Boca Black Box, great audience. I went from conservative Jews to liberal Jews and non-Jews at the Boca Black Box, and I had the best time. So it's good to have one show where you, you know, kind of want to kill some of the people in the audience, and then the next night you have the greatest audience in the entire world. So uh, that was fun. But so I had that experience. And then I come home, and Saturday I'm at uh, the Village Underground, which is part of the Comedy Cellar, and I am doing some crowd work uh, with this cute couple in the front row and um they're from North Carolina so I start asking them you know if they had uh you know since they're white and from North Carolina I start asking them if they had at their wedding cuz they were young if there were any gay people at her, their wedding and he was like no and then she was like oh yes one Caitlin so I said, okay, so you had one gay. And then I asked if there were any black people at the wedding. And then I asked if there were any Jewish people at the wedding. And it was a really funny interaction, which I'll probably be posting on Instagram. And then I get, I mean, the audience loved it. It was so fun. And they're sitting in the front row. And then I get this. Are you ready? This is what I get. I get um, this message. Oh, God. You know, I'm not good at the 
shut up with my computer. I'm not good with the, uh, oh, here's the messages. Okay. Here it is. Okay, this is what I get. I might post this. Thanks for teeing off, off on us tonight. My wife is in tears. Was really hoping to hear your stand-up instead of assuming we're hicks and going in on us. Okay. They're sitting in the front row at a comedy club. Okay. Then he says, for the record, Caitlin, which was the one gay friend who I said, oh, so you have a lesbian friend or a gay friend, whatever. For the record, Caitlin is a trans woman, but congratulations for assuming she was a lesbian. (laughs) So I wrote, if you take yourselves that seriously, you should probably not go to a comedy club, let alone sit in the front row. Happy holidays. I mean, really, people? What is going on? What is going on? It's really, it's getting really annoying. Okay. So I just wanted to tell you that. Also, if you want to hear some of my wonderful stand up, if you're in New York and you, it is Christmas and you want to go laugh, I have two shows at Stand Up New York on Christmas Day, four o'clock and seven o'clock. Yes, I said four o'clock. You know why? Because I figured. Some people want to get the fuck away from their families. And I don't want to work that late. But so four o'clock and seven o'clock at Stand Up New York in the Upper West Side. And if you know, if you follow me on any of the socials at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. I'm going to go on another social media thing because I really can't stand Elon Musk. But anyway, if you cannot afford the ticket or you're alone or anything, just uh, DM me and I will I will get you taken care of, okay? Because I don't want anyone to be like depressed and lonely on Christmas, even though it's all made up bullshit that you're supposed to be happy. Okay, so that's that. Um, so I'll be at Stand Up New York on the 25th. And then I'm going to be in Pennsylvania, in Sellersville, Pennsylvania, January 21st, and at the Comedy Loft in D.C., on uh, January 26th through the 28th. So get your asses to my shows. And uh, yeah, that's it. And keep that sense of humor happy. I want to wish everyone happy holidays. I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever other holidays there are. Happy New Year. And I hope you have enjoyed uh, listening to my podcast this year. And uh, sit back now and relax. And enjoy part two of my interview with Mayan Lopez. So in, was it 2005 that mm-hmm. your father got ill? Um, yes. Well, my dad has always been a, born yeah. with kidney disease. So he was born with like a polycystic kidney disease. And so his ureter um, was like a, was, it should be like a funnel. His was like a wine cup. So it would just go into his kidney. And I think at one point, um, so he was actually, he didn't know he was performing, um, doing a show and he was always jumping around and running and yeah. he landed wrong after doing a jump and he tore his Achilles. And so he got Ugh. surgery, did things for that, but it wasn't healing. It was still black and blue. So then he went to the doctor. They were like, you know, we'll check your creatinine levels. And then that's how they found it. And so there was one point in the show that I think my dad had less than 25% kidney function. I think it was almost like wow. 100% kidney function. Yeah. And they didn't let anyone know. I mean, I didn't even know until a week before the operation. And even my, and they didn't know until like a month because they, it's a beautiful story because now with kidney donation, 
or even organ donation. You don't have to be the same blood type. There's different things. But back then it was a one in like 3 million chance that an unmarried, a married couple are going to be a hundred percent match. And my mom yeah. and my mom said she felt like a light go through her. And she just said, I'll give you mine. Like, and they were a hundred, a hundred percent match. That's crazy. Everything. And my mom also has super kidneys. It only occurs in 10% of the no population. Way. So she has two arteries. So not only my dad got the Rolls Royce of, of kidneys. kidneys. So he didn't, he got a super kidney from my mom. And it was even, I remember my mom tells me that when they had the show, tell Bruce Helford, who's the executive producer on our yeah. show um, about, about it. They, he like, you know, his eyes went white. He freaked out and they're and the writers freaked out. They're like, we have to write George out of one scene. And the writers freaked out. No. They freaked out. And one scene, that's how much right. I got the show. One right. scene. One freaking, scene. One scene. They were freaking out. And, but it was, it went wonderfully. I don't think I, my mom, my parents made a little book, like a little yeah. figure book of, you know, of the, the, the surgeon has this in daddy's room. And then he says, Hey, catch to the, uh, the kidney. And he catches oh. the kidney as a whole. And I don't, I don't think I truly understood because they were so calm throughout the whole thing. Like everyone, I didn't realize that both my, you were nine, were right? Surgery. Yeah. I was in, I was nine years old. Yeah. And it was interesting because my dad, the, the receipt, the recipient of the kidney always recovers faster than the donor. And so my dad was, I had to be around mass with him and, but he was up and around and my mom was in the hospital longer. And so I would go there and I would like brush her hair and and bring blankets. And it was, and and there's a beautiful picture of, of my mom in the bed and my dad and me and my little like Lawrence, I went to Lawrence school in Los Angeles and I have my little like uniform and it's, we're all holding hands and it's a, it's a picture that I really love to look at because, you know, my dad and people will say this all the time still, like he stole her kidney. Yeah. She should get it back. And I'm like, it was a gift. Who the and fu- who's going to give a kidney? Say this oh, yeah. All the time. They're such assholes. And I, was, I hate I was people. Like, then you don't, I was like, then that's, that's one thing that pisses me off is, yeah. people, is people saying that. And it's like, she, she gave you back the world. She also was, that was her, the father of her child. And her she husband, wanted like to a, do it. And she wanted to do it. And it's none of your fucking business. I almost all, I have to have it like where it's like, where the, the app what, that I'm using will yeah. look at those words and try to hide those comments because right. it's just constant. And it's, it's constant. It's, people are just assholes. Like he got canceled kind of before what cancel culture is today. Right. That So he's kind of had another extra 10 years to semi recover. Right. Know, I think he's still always be, be beloved, but you know, those it's not like now, which I'm grateful for. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, if it so were to happen today. How do you think that, that seeing your parents ill or in that situation sort of affected you? I mean, you're so mature and, and articulate. I had, I, I yeah. Had you had to grow up quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then your father is getting all this bad press. Yeah. Just drinking, driving, passing out drunk. Mm-hmm. He's definitely in crisis. Did your mother shield you from what the hell yeah. was going on? Yeah. 
I didn't, and I didn't even know about any problems in their marriage for mm-hmm. until that day. Cause there was, I think they were coming back from some ke- event at the Kennedy center and they'd known like everything was just so stupid because, but he really didn't think he was going to be caught. Like he was texting these hookers, whatever you want to call them, like on his business Blackberry. And it was, he was, just, and so it could Men all be traced so back to that. And he's like, I didn't think I was going to be caught. And they went and the publicist was like, they were on the private, they were on a pri- flying private back. And my dad sat with my mom the whole time. My mom was like, is this true? Because the publicist is saying that it was going to be in the national right. Enquirer. Like it's coming out. They have all these te- like it's happening. And she sat there that entire flight and he said, no, it's not true. Then they landed. He was like, it's true. And she was just like, and I remember that day so clearly. And, but also I'll get to that, but I remember the, the energy was so different. I went to school and then I came back and my therapist was there on one couch and it was Uh, in your house in my house. And then my mom was upstairs, like crying, like doing like all day on the phone all day. So, you know, I went, did my homework, you know, made myself did like I did that whole kind of thing. And then I was like, Oh, I'm going to finally find out what it is. And my mom and my dad sat on the couch and they were explaining to me that there's this article coming out, like that your, your parents, your mother and I are going to be separated. And then I, and I remember this is the only one of the, a couple of few times in my life that I hate that anyone's had to do this, but uh, I've had, I blacked out. Like I just blacked out. Wow. And my mom told my, my mom was like, tell her why George, tell her why. And for so many years, I thought I called him every name in the book. I don't remember. I was like screaming. I was calling him every, I thought I was so articulate with what I was saying. And until a couple of years ago, I was like, mom, do you remember when I like told dad off? And she was like, no, you didn't. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, no, you were screaming bloody murder like you were screaming like and then i left the room and my mom left and then my dad looks over at my therapist and goes why is she upset oh my god and my therapist was just like george her entire world just came out from under her because i didn't know like and my dad was like you knew you know your parent your mother and i haven't slept in the same room for seven years i'm like i thought it was because mom snored you know, I'm a good, right. I'm, I'm a good girl. I believe what my parents tell me. And he was like, right, no. Right. And then that became the whole cycle of me being in the middle. And, you know, there were times that my parents like would try to use me to get information Ugh. from one or the other. And so I created uh, like, trust issues with both parents. And then I had and to triangle. rebuild trust yeah. and gain trust yeah. back. And no, it's like a whole, it's all triangulation. Like I, I had, a. I've been to therapy schools and um, I, there was a, a, or with a therapist, I had an assignment where they did a trauma timeline. Yeah. And and this is partly, it's in um, in an episode of Lopez versus Lopez because I showed our show, I told our showrunner Debbie about this and that they were like, okay, we want you to write a list of every traumatic event that you can remember. And my, my my therapist made me stop at nine pages front and back. No way. No fucking way. She was like, she was like, okay. God, you have a good memory. That's enough. It's interesting that you don't, that you don't, you don't put them, put them in a corner in your brain. And and, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there are a lot of them are because I've done trauma therapy. I've done EMDR therapy, which is like, electro. you know, where 
if for folks who don't know, it's a form of trauma therapy that you kind of go into meditative and it can be sometimes um, vibrations that can help you. And you pick one memory and you try to go into that. Um, the, the emotion that you feel for that memory is zero. And it can, you can kind right. of go different areas. And I remember there, I tried to pick this one therapy session that I had with my dad. And I remembered that I never really trusted my dad. There was one time that when I was like, I didn't even remember this. So I was like three years old. And I remember I would sit, I had to get my shoes tied and I would just sit there and my mom would be like, go ask your dad. Like I'm going doing something. I would sit there for 20 minutes with my shoes untied, like not wanting to ask my dad. Wow. Or, Cause his energy is very, his energy is very intense. Be a lot of people yeah. meet my dad and like, he's a, he is a good man. Even we've had, and I don't want, you know, we're in a better place now. I think I've kind of had to reach a lot of acceptance, but I love my yeah. father for all that he is. And I can see the human that he is. And he is a good person. Right. He's just, he's even told me, he's like, and I was like, I see you dad. I do. Yeah. Like, I do see you. And he's like, you know, I'm just, a, I'm a good person. My, I'm just made really horrible, stupid mistakes, really yeah. stupid mistakes. You know, they tell you this and you're blindsided. I, I oh, my son, blindsided. my son was Henry was blindsided too. And he definitely has had a lot of issues. Um, mm -hmm. and so, oh yeah. in high school. So that going into high yeah. school and that. So at that time it was like a high school movie where you walk in and everyone stares at you. Right. Like everyone stops talking. Like that was what happened to me because it was trending everywhere, everywhere. I know everywhere. And so it was just, I still can remember it. And I would still, sometimes when I visit my high school, if I go near that hall, I can remember You it. can remember my, that. Yeah. My chest starts to close up. Like I start to shake, like, cause it was how traumatizing it was of just people talking to you and, but I had a good community at my like at my high school. There were good things and bad things about it. It was very clicky, and you know every LA high school has their things, right? And um, especially private schools. But there was a community of kids whose parents had gotten divorced, and they came up to me and they talked to me. That and that. Really oh, that's helped. nice. And but then there was one teacher that we actually got her fired because she came up oh, to good. me and was like, "Is it true? Like what happened with your dad? Who the fuck says true? that?" And I was, I was in such shock that I was so, I, I was just, you right, know, you don't rattled. say that to a, a fucking 11 year old kid. Yeah, I was, um, and also I was 15. And then three months before my oh, grandmother, you were 15, sorry. my grandmother had passed away. My mom's mom. Uh, and right. that, so that was like my first death that I was very close to her. And so it was just, I don't remember two and a half years of my life at all. And I've even asked right. people who have seen me at that time. Like when, what do you remember me? Right. Like? And they were just like, you were so dark. Do you see pictures of yourself then? Do yeah. You... And I have, I have to and... sometimes look at pictures because I don't remember. Right. And hardly anything, hardly anything. And it's the crazy. brain is very interesting. It's very, very yeah. interesting. And I, and I did get my brain scanned a couple of years ago no. at the Amen yeah. clinics and I should have maybe gone, but. I was very depressed at that time as well because I was right. going through my first breakup and um, I was a late bloomer with the trauma put a stint in a lot of big life right. events for me. I'm just going. I think you this. had a series of life events. Yeah. Oh, before, yeah. but yeah. Oh yeah. And um, positive ones. And then um, 
they so they had but I remember they were going to the trauma part of the brain where the trauma where it stays and I thought it was going to be red like like and it was only like slightly red and I was like and I was like I feel like there's more they're like actually with therapy and doing cognitive behavioral therapy you've actually rewired that's amazing god I was like oh I was like so there's still stuff so it's still there it's still lighting Uh, But it's not, you know, taking over the whole. But it's not as taking the whole thing. And I was like, wow, that's fascinating. Hey, everyone. You know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto. I just did Chef's Choice. 60 or more add ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required, okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me, I never lie, Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S, dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. So after they divorce and, you know, it's so public and you stop talking to your dad, you sort of, um, I couldn't, I couldn't be in the same room with him. Or I couldn't look him in the eye without like crying and just, so I didn't talk to him for three years. And then we started to try to, you know, have lunches and so, I call him a Disneyland dad. Right. Like he was very much a Disneyland dad during the divorce. He would take me to laker games we go to disneyland or we'd go eat at fred siegel right and then he'd go and shop for me at fred siegel and right then he'd like just drive home and it was just really uncomfortable and tense. um very tense and 
it was just a huge elephant in the, of like just yeah. how things were going and he didn't know what to well he didn't really do he with. has he, no he had no father so mm-hmm. you know like it's like he didn't know what to do and plus you're mm-hmm. you're female so it's even yeah you know so in the three years you didn't talk you just didn't talk at all and did you see you him know, i tried to see him sometimes and there was actually a time where in those years that every friday he would send me a beautiful bouquet of flowers to my mom's house with a card every friday but he wouldn't call me he wouldn't text me and at one point i had to tell him please stop sending these flowers because i don't want these flowers i want my father right and this is God, that must have been i'm hard. like it's i'm like it's painful to every, it's a reminder. That, like, you think it's beautiful yeah. and you think it's a, I was like, actually, it's not. It's a reminder of every single week that my father, father is not here. Yeah. And he won't do, he's not capable of doing those extra steps to try. And I was like, cause even sometimes my therapists are like, he abandoned you. You do realize right. that, right? As and his I'm father like, did to him. And I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, he did. And, you know, even two years ago, I couldn't even look him in the eye and tell him like what I wanted from our relationship. Right. And, you know, I was like, and I think that was one we were at a zoom session and he was like, I could see in his face, like how much that broke him. And to think that two years ago we were just starting and now we're on a sitcom. Uh, I just, it's just fucking crazy. So this went on. For a long, long, long time. time. It'd be periods um, where we wouldn't talk for eight months and then we'd be on really good. And then we wouldn't speak do you that think, or I'd see him only a couple times a year. Like it was just the timeline of it. When people tried to ask me, I'm like, it just think I'm like, it was right. It's like, uh, if it was a graph, it'd be a Jack. Yeah. yeah. Was your mother trying to give you everything you needed or was she angry too? And it it was a lot. There was our relationship went through a lot of things because one, we became very enmeshed and we became extremely codependent with one another because we are, you sound like, Oh, Elisa, my lover. Who's like, we're enmeshed. We're in, you know, all these therapy words. It's so fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like I've done another podcast. She's like, you are so therapized. I'm like, I am. When people ask Same. me, yeah. when people ask me, God, where have you been all this time? I'm like, I've been studying comedy and I've been in therapy. Like that's like, and now I'm here. I'm yeah, now yeah. I'm coming out, baby. Yeah. I'm out of the clink. That's what I like to call it. I'm out of the clink. It's- so now we became very enmeshed. And then, you know, I became almost like a friend to her. And she would tell me right. things that you probably shouldn't have told. No a boundaries. Child. Yeah. And, you know, because it was just stuff like we were just suffering together and then i tried to become and then i became her whole life and then it was very hard to find boundaries but then you know i didn't she was the only parent that i had and really growing up she was really mom and dad and so that became even more fold where i didn't sometimes want to go up to my mom because i didn't know if i was going to get my head bit off or if i was going to get the loving you know, mother, like it was right. But I, I don't blame her for it. She did uh, the best she could, I, the best I could, she could, and I, and I'm still came out all right. You know, it's their I parents' re- yeah. mistake, but it's my responsibility to get my shit together. And you know, 
I'm still oh, working you're on it. You're such I'm, a good girl. Bad. You're such a good girl. I remember seeing your mother. We were at like a Golden Globes party and it was mm-hmm. right after it happened. And she's like, yeah, and I gave him my kidney. Like, and everyone, <laughs> and we were all <laughs> laughing. And it, but, I mean, but it was so like just the story itself was so fucking crazy that we were all just because that's all it's all you can do. It's a coping mechanism. So mm-hmm. so you're having oh, yeah, this, we were making yeah. jokes. Yeah, like we were making jokes. You have about to. It. You have to. You know, even still now, like with the show, they're like, isn't it so great that you you're going to be with your dad every day? I'm like, yeah, we're both getting paid to be there. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I'll like have my little quips that I'll just be like, you know, and they'll be like, ah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah it imitates itself. Don't think like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. aware. So mm-hmm. the, then the pandemic hit. So you're, you have this horrible relationship with him, which I, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about it from his perspective, I don't, I don't know. I could not, not talk to my kid. Like I would die, you know, like I talk to my kids all the time. I just, I don't know. I know a lot of parents who have these, horrible relationships with their kids and they don't talk to them. And I'm like, I, I, I don't comprehend that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hits and he is immunocompromised. So you and your mother, is this true that you and your mother were like, Oh, we got a sort of. Yeah. I want to protect it. Like I wanted to, because my dad is extremely, extremely introverted. Like he does have, like friends and he like and he's very gregarious and wonderful when you go on the road and you see him and he's wonderful with fans and that is him yeah. but when he, it, with him he still like will he likes to play his guitar he doesn't know how to play the guitar but he'll just strum and he watches i introduced him to youtube and now that's all he watches right. like he'll watch like live aid or you know old yeah, like, yeah, yeah, concerts yeah. from like aerosmith and, like, and he'll just you know watch documentaries and he'll just stay up there and he just likes to be by himself and so you know my mom and i were like we went to the grocery store for him and we would make meals for him. And who, re- who reached out like did. And also, was it hard for you to see him with fans being Mr. Friendly and knowing like that's I always and it was wonder. also very hard to when there were times when we weren't speaking or we didn't have the best relationship. Like I would go and see him. And people would come up to me and be like, oh, my God, Mayan, your dad oh, tells God, he doesn't stop about you. He loves you so much. He's so proud of you. He tells us all these uh, things about you. And at the same time, I have to put a smile on my face yeah, and be like, course. oh, isn't he? Yes, he's wonderful, isn't yeah. he? Yes. Mm. Oh, I love him. So, yeah. I was like, oh, by the way, have you do you have any of this recorded? Because I'd like to hear it, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, you know, no. and he's like, oh, yeah, you went. He's so proud of you for going to Second City and yeah. you're, you know, performing and you're writing and, oh, he's just so proud of you. And, and you're just I was like, mm hmm. Mm-hmm, did you absolutely? Yeah. Wait, did you start in Second City when you were at Columbia College or did I you went to Second do it City after camp when, and when it was open in Los Angeles? Like I okay. went as a kid because that was just I, I used to get in trouble all the time in elementary school for just. Cause I have what my dad has. I'm very quick witted. Right. And, and my dad, it was almost like if, um, Eddie Van Halen's son will can play the guitar, like what he does. Like, he was just like, he's got it. He's right. got it. And he was so excited. And there was one time that I, I went to, this explains me from like a child. It's my favorite story. One of my favorite stories about myself. I got in trouble for saying something to a, a boy who would always cause tra- like drama. And, um, 
I was always just the person that would say something and everyone would laugh. And my mom, I got sent to the headmaster's office and my mom picked me up. I was like, so Mayan, how was your day at school today? And I was like, fine. And she was like, well, uh, Tyler Stevens uh, told me, parents called and told me that you called him a this, this, and this. I'm like, mom, I can't help it. It's just, it comes in my head and it comes out. And she's like, well, Mayan, you have to like start to own the words that come out of your mouth. You know, like it, it was mean. And I went mean, but funny. <laughs> and I was maybe seven years old. Right. <laughs> and my mom was just like, Oh my God. I got a, and then, I got one and then, my, and then my dad, and then my dad was no help because my dad was just so proud of me. I know. Same. I was always <laughs> like that too. With If they said something funny, I don't care how mean it was. Like, if he, it, like it, I was always yeah. like, he was still, he would be like, Maya, Maya, come over here, come over here. Tell him what you said. Tell him what you said. And, and everyone would laugh or you know, right. was, there was that kind of camaraderie that I had with him, even when I was a little girl. You reach out to your father, your mother and you, um, and and did you get on TikTok at that time or were you on it before? I wish I was on it earlier, quite frankly. I like I really wish I kind of went on the curve because I was like, oh, it's a little kids app. I don't understand. And it was to change names. And but then I when I started to realize what it was, I was like, oh, this could have been awesome for comedy and making like because really TikToks are just like little blackouts like they're just little like three beats and yeah. it's funny and it's hilarious I'm like it's really like really the constructs of basic like co- like comedy blocks like it's like, right. oh that's what does really well it's like like set up line kind of like that it's like when, you know so what you did second city and then did, when did you get on stage as a stand-up the first time. I've never, I've never done stand up. Okay, I did a stand up. I've done a stand up class. My dad was like, do right. not do stand up. And let, he's like, I did not sit at bars for hours for this many years for you, for my daughter to go. And so I wanted to, I still might do it. I wanted to be called a you gotta do comedian. Right. Wanted, and uh, maybe I'll just go up. I've done. I've I thought the, you had done. I thought the theaters. Yeah. Yeah, I, city. And I did very well because I just it was nice to have a separation, not from Los Angeles. Like I could right. just go up there and no one. Would and Chicago's a great comedy and, town. Oh, it's it's amazing. And um, right. And, and I really liked improvisation as well. I, I it's still like my love. I love it. And yeah. um, but I think using stand up as a medium, I was like, I definitely I want to go there and I have a lot of. Well, I get your advice. Hope maybe someday. And um, like with oh. my set, I can send you my a type five and see what you oh, think. Oh, please. And, I um, would love that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting. I mean, just to do it, even if you just do it once, because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's it's a whole different perspective because improv is so about. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. And not so much. You know, like there were so many okay. times I took improv class and they would come up with something stupid. I was like, really? You know, but I had to go. Yes. And, blah, blah, you know, so. OK, let's go back to the pandemic. Yeah, the pandemic. Yeah. So, so I graduated, okay. So I left Second City and you, and you I get finished on- Second City and I went home and, you know, I was trying to do writing jobs. And I was a punch up writer for a little for a show called Victor and Valentino and Cartoon Network. And I was like trying to send things out there and I was trying to audition like but nothing was really happening. And so, and there was that time where I wasn't really talking with my dad. And quite frankly, like I wanted to kind of show people, like I wanted to connect with people. I've always wanted my story and I've always wanted to use the, you know, now I get, I was like, wow, I, of of course I have the same job as my dad because now, 
I was and like, you really yeah, get I'm it. Like using the pain, I'm like understandably. Right. Like I've always wanted to connect with people. I want people to know that they're not alone. Make people laugh, and you know, laugh. It's a release. I want people to be release their thing. I want of to make course. people happy. You're and, so smart. I can't and, take it. And so I started to go on TikTok and just kind of did these trends, but did them with the scope of my relationship with my dad. And so, and, and, and they, they blew up. And then there was one that I did with my parents being over for the pandemic, the one that actually started Lopez versus Lopez. So someone made a TikTok, and it was getting like a lot of like a couple million views and like over half a million likes about it. And it was um, a creator who was making one about uh, George Lopez is sick with kidney disease. He, his wife gives him a kidney. What does he do? He cheats on her, gets the kidney. And I was just, I was like, don't I've had yourself. it. I was like, I've had enough. And it was getting, it was popular. I've seen many of them. They don't get it. This one was really popular. I'm like, all right, I'm putting an end to this. And my mom didn't want me to post the TikTok. And I was like, you know, so I thought, okay, um, what's going to get people's attention? And I was like, I'm a comedian. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably look awful. I'm like, I'm going to twerk upside down on a wall. I like, fucking why? love it. Yeah. It's like, why not? It'll be hilarious. And so I, I was like, that's my mom. That's my dad. I'm like, that's not true. And then I went and twerked and with, text above me i was like no she divorced him she still gets hella money and alimony like she's better off right and our and shut your fucking mouth and your father didn't want you to do it my mom didn't want me to and then my dad told me that he was going golfing with anthony anderson and he was like did you see mayan's tiktok oh yeah yeah and he was like yeah and he was like are you and you're okay with that he's like yeah like she, I think as comedians, we understood each other of he's like, he's someone who can take a joke. And I think there's right. sometimes having jokes and I've learned joke construction really from him because there were sometimes naturally of that's how we communicated with each other. We would have oh, such oh, a, a, a gritting joke that I, I could hit. I knew where to hit him so that he right. would hear me and he would be right. like, and that's it's a language. Get, and I would get his respect. So funny from, that. It's fast that you understood like, that language and you mm-hmm. had language. I didn't, know, like I didn't know what it right. was. Right. Like, I didn't so, know what it was. You then also were doing... Oh, my favorite series that I have is called... Um, my my why do my divorced parents still act like they're married oh i so love I did, that but but so wait, I, wait yeah before you like the ones where you had his uh my father was you know like you had all these um articles that were in the tr- the tabloids and you were oh yeah that, that was I, fucking so there, amazing i was like me in 2014 tell it me so happy that my dad is yeah drinking under control and then i have a article of George Lopez passed out in drunk casino. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. It's just so honest. It's so brutally honest. And then you get into these, my parents who are divorced acting like they're still together. I was like, cause it's fat. I, I just, I put that one up and I didn't have like a lot of followers and yes, I was trying to use my dad. You use what you got people. Anyone that's in right. that situation would do the same. And just because they can't, that's why they hate me. And I just right. I love and you. So, yeah. And so I was like, you'd do it too. And, um, I, uh, so I just was seeing them and, you know, my mom was trying to pick zits on my dad's. Oh, like they're, tw- they were together for 20, over 20 years. Like there's so much history with one of, with them. 
And I just thought it was so funny. And so I put it up and overnight it got almost 16 million views. It's just fucking and crazy. It's, and it's like 10 seconds. And then I did another one. It got 8 million and it got the other one got 5 million. And it actually helped show sell when we were pitching the show because we could show networks like these are the numbers these are people and are, these are like, people are like, interested live yeah. people are responding to this like it, you know and people didn't and people didn't even realize it was my dad they just thought the dynamic right was so funny and my mom and the people love my mom like, your mother is so uh, but it's so funny because you're so honest in these you know you your mother is still obviously loves your father so and she adores him so much and he is so get away from me. I don't want, you know, like, and it's so such a um, defense mechanism. I mean, you can so yeah. totally see that he's like, yeah, whatever. But if he, if, you know, she acts like she, he doesn't like her singing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he'd be nothing with, and he knows he'd be nothing without her. Um, and the fact that you get into that, you pinpoint that, Come on, people. You're so attached mm -hmm. um, and that they're going to be in each other's lives forever because of you. Yeah, I haven't had that argument with my dad because my so my mom is acting as my assistant right now. Right. And, and she comes so, to the um, and so she's yeah. my mom assist and yeah. uh, she won't let me pay her. <laughs> I'm like, Kylie pays Chris. And she's like, right. I am not taking your money. Absolutely not. And so, you know, she's not there very often. Like she'll be there if I need right. get dropped off something like she's helping me. And then my dad was just like, I divorced her. I don't want to have to see her around or I could hear. And I'm like, dad, I was like, you hardly will see her like you will. And not. also, and you know what? I'm saying this because he had an article saying how George Lopez really feels about his wife being on set. And I was like that. I was like, do I have to get on a wall again? Do we have to do this again? Right. You know, and also, do I have to, what do I have to do now? And I was like, there's no, should, there's no divorce when there's a child involved. And yeah. I think he hates to be reminded that I am not only his child and that I did not come from symbiosis. I did not just right. grow just up here. Yeah. There had to be the, the naked tango to get me where I, where I am, the old Tootsie Lou that to <laughs> get me over here. And, um, I was like, well, I was like, well, if you need to like, see me as someone who just needs their mom on set then like go ahead and he's like okay fine and then he apologized later because he's right. being a dick but he knows he's a dick yeah you know i look at i've watched a lot of interviews and i look at the way he i mean i'm a parent so i and mm -hmm. i i see the way he looks at you and it's just pure no, i i know he loves me i know yeah. he loves me more than anything in this world and i do feel it he just can only love me the way that he can. And I think that's my biggest advice for people is like, just low. Like I've said, that's because through therapy, I've set expectations of what a good interaction with my dad is. If we have more than, uh, and I've gone through the morning and you will go, everyone will have their own processes, but I've set myself up for internal success because if I have a 10 minute phone call with my dad, I'm right. like, Oh, it's usually five. That was great. Right. And you know, or yes, we were on set and he's very lovey and, you know, he'll hug me. And then, you know, I was like, we had a really good time on set. Right. Maybe he won't say goodbye to me, but Hey, I'll take that. That's great day. And right. I'll set that up. I mean, first of all, this is the first TV show that came out of TikTok. 
right? Yeah. That is, and it's a network and it's doing great and it's great. It's really well written and it's the characters are, are, are so rich. I mean, is there a power struggle? Is it also like, do you want to say, dad, oh, you know, if I didn't fucking do that TikTok, you'd be. There were times, there were times. Yeah. There yeah. is that. And it was really, I, I'm so proud of myself. And I can say that now because there were times where I just wanted to end. Like I was just, I've never been, I've lost almost 30 pounds. and The majority of it has just been stress. Like it was, right. you know, I've been performing and the live audience component was what I've, because for people who don't know, it's a live, a three camera live audience. It's a sitcom. yeah classic. Yeah. And the classic, like, you know, yeah. moi, chef's kiss. My fave. The, yeah. the genre. And, but I was still trying to learn the acting and also my character, Mayan, and she's very, I realized now that she's very different than I am. But at the beginning, I was like, oh, I've been to therapy. I have a master's right. class and my parents divorced. Like I have a master's degree. I was like, oh, I'll help you out. But as I started to do it, I realized that she's actually more direct with my dad than I am and maybe takes her. Therapy. Right. Like, I'm like, and then I started. That's thinking, so like, great. Am I the problem? It- and sometimes I'm like, God, am I intense? Because sometimes the line producer will come over to me and I'll just be like, mine, you read that very angry. And I'll just be like, I, I looked at him and that's what came right. out. Like, I was like, so yeah. I had to, you know, figure out the Must dialogue. Be really, it, gets, yeah. it gets really personal. And there's some moments that I look at him and I'm really just speaking to him. And there's a real father and daughter that are talking on stage. And it was by, my dad was helpful to me, like more than helpful, like helping me with, you know, what to do and wait, like good things to start a scene, you know, don't be always like angry. It's like, you still, everything has to be light in a sick, right. even anger. Everything has to have love. There's no heaviness unless it's right. like unless it's written there. for yeah. that. But like, everything must be else has so... to be light, 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 light. And must... yeah. it, was very, it was a learning experience. I learned as I've been going, cause I'm, I'm a producer on the show as well. So great. I'm so, so proud it's, of it's, you. So it's really like been, I feel like everything good and bad. And it's like me you, to my point in this life. It's just, you know, you go back to when we were talking about growing up on the set and seeing, you know, and your mother saying, don't talk about this in your standup. And then you recreating this mm-hmm. entire scenario in the writing, when you're writing and you're doing your storylines and you're, you know, it, it's got to be therapeutic in a way where oh, I can say that to him as yes, my character. I can't mm-hmm. say that to him as his daughter. But yes, but I was yes. able to see it. And I can see also times my relationship from a third eye perspective. Yes. And which is so helpful. And it was very helpful. And it's, you know, there's been some times where I've had to mourn and be like, I thought of course. Oh, this was going to make my relationship. I think there was a p- small part of me that thought, oh, my relationship is going to be completely different with my dad after this. And I, and that was kind of the part that I had to kind of tell the inner child, like, no, the last, the last part I had to kind of tell her, like, I'm sorry, like he loves you, but this is like, it's may get a little better, but this is kind of how it's going to be. And it's, and I still have a working to have a great relationship with my dad. We're very, we're very good now. You know, Um, on so many levels, the Latinx representation and the Latinx representation with therapy, I think is so important. These honest relationships, this sort of 
you know, I have Latinx it's friends. Genera- and, and, it's like with yeah, the generational. And, and, it's- and that who a man is in that generation yes. versus your boyfriend versus, you know, mm-hmm. and just processing things. And I just think you're doing you, you, the represent. I think representation is everything. I think it's you're just doing such good work. And it's so and you're adorable. You're so fucking adorable. I can't take it. Um, Thank you. I, I keep getting warnings that we have to stop, even though I could talk to you forever. Um, I know, but we'll I have to have we'll have to have conversations. I want to see this, you when sure. I come to L.A. Can we go out with your mom, your mom, yes, your mom's please. assistant? Yeah. Yeah. My mom says I always ask. Well, we already talked about therapy, so we're not dealing with that. Um, I always ask my podcast guests what pisses them off. That's why it's called Kill Me Now, as mm-hmm. we mentioned, uh, what pisses them off more than anything in the entire world. So. Mayan. What fucking makes you crazy mad? Honestly, as I've really, as recently now, just fake people. I have no, I have no capacity for people who do not like, because even now with my success, like I had friends in high school and now with the show coming with success, like they completely, I was very bullied in high school. Same. and And they, and they completely, just or they make excuses for their they just live in their own they have people who have no like sense of reality at all and they came up to me and they're like oh mine we've been seeing your success and oh we always knew how so, successful you're oh, going shut to the be fuck. and oh we've always thought about you i'm like it's been seven years and you could have if you really loved right. me and you cared about me you could have sent me a text or something right. and even recently like someone invited me to a, a reunion for our school for my class. And I'm like, fuck no. Yeah. I have never gone. Same. Me. Same. I was like, you guys don't deserve me. You guys all know my success. I've been on billboard. Like, I, you know, yeah, I, go that fuck yourself where I was like, I was like, no, like, absolutely you don't get me. Yeah. Not. And even just now I'm starting to see with therapy. I love being so direct and I hate when I have to not be anymore. Right. Like, and it's very hard for me to kind of sugarcoat things. And I, even with my mom, I'm like, why? She's like, cause it's me by it. (laughs) Right. I was like, it's not now with therapy. I have more of a vocabulary. I'm like, no, I'm just being like opening a line of direct communication. Like, no, you're calling that person out. Like that's not, (laughs) I like it. Feedback. Yes. More power to you. I hate having to dim my light for people. Right. And that's, you know, I think just people not accepting people for as they are. Oh, yeah. I hear you. Especially now. I just think every and also just the the world today just really, really pisses me off. Oh, my God. I never knew I could be this angry. Like, that's the part of it. I think I'm just I think I'm just even I was trying to think of things to bring up. And I was like, I think I've just been pissed off for three years like right. I've just been angry and I, I could read the craziest headline now and I wouldn't blink and I would right. just be like yes let me look at some videos and just be like yeah that's that I'm absolutely of course that yeah. happened yeah absolutely it's, yeah it's every day you wake up and you're like I can't it's yeah Mayan you are the cutest. You're. I love you. I. I love I, you. Um. I love your parents, and I wish you 
all the success. You are such a role model. And you're, I just thank you. I can't thank you enough for, for doing this. You're just no, th- just really, truly thank you for having me. It was, uh, oh. my mom was like, this is a sign. This is like a, a Judy. Like what <laughs> I was like, and I was like, I trust, I was like, and now I'm like, I feel like I have very got a, a seal of approval. So I feel oh, very you're a, I, you're the best. I want, we have to work together at some point. Yes, you're just please. Um, thank you so much. Send my love to them, please. I will. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with Mayan Lopez. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. Everything else, marketing, scheduling, just everything else is done by Brittany Joe Sowards Richmond. Uh, who is my assistant, my, my, um, wonderful assistant. So there you go. If you haven't subscribed to the show or left a review, fuck you. I really seriously fuck you. I need the five stars. I need the five stars. I need you to subscribe because then I can make enough money to keep the podcast going, which I know I keep threatening, but it's getting closer people because you don't subscribe and you don't leave a review. Also, I know it's the holidays. You can buy my book as a wonderful present. Yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble, which I will be announcing right now will be turning into a one-person show. There will be a one-person show based on the book uh, opening in New York in March at 1590's 59th Street Theater. You heard it first, ladies and gentlemen, and they thems. Okay. Buy my book as a gift. Um, It's a great gift. It's a great read. Buy the Audible book. It's a great listen. Also, come see me perform on Christmas Day at Stand Up New York in New York City. Two shows, 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. January 21st, Sellersville Theater in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. And January 26th through the 28th at the Comedy Loft of D.C. in Washington, D.C., ladies, gentlemen, and they, them. So, um, yeah, I just, I want you all, first of all, I want to say thank you for a great year. And thank you for listening and, you know, being supportive of my my addiction to interviewing people and learn, you know, telling people stories. I love that. Okay. That's number one. And number two, happy holidays. All of the fucking holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. All of them. Uh, I hope next year's better than it was. Yeah, it's been pretty shitty past few years. But we're, you know, look. I'm hopeful. No, I'm not. But I'm acting like I am. So enjoy. Don't worry about, like, gaining weight or your New Year's resolutions. Just fucking enjoy. Let go. Let God. I don't even know what that means. Well, that means letting go and letting God do. But, you know, I don't know if I believe in God. We don't have to get into that. We don't have to get into that right now. Uh, All we have to do is enjoy the rest of the year. Oh, yes. I also would like you to know, I want to thank everyone who listens until the end. Uh, Happy. Oh, God. People were being really nice to me and sending me stuff after my my show at in the Miami uh, where um, 
you know, they turned on me with the guns, but then people wrote to me, um, people wrote to me that, uh, they, they loved me. So I don't care. Um, okay. So the woman I mentioned last week, Claudia, her last name is Tillis. So thank you for listening to the end. Marshall, Marshall and his partner, David, I want to say thank you. You both listened to the end. Thank you to everyone who listens to the end. And thank you for everyone who listens to part of it. You know, I just really appreciate it because this is a labor of love and I love you. And I wish you all nothing but wonderful, great things. It's a new year and uh, let's make it a good one. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you all. Thank you for listening. And as we always say, so long. Yeah.